Welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics, such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. Greetings, this is Steve Picorni of the of the Redeem Vision podcast. I'm the founder of Freedom Coaching. This is an outreach of Freedom Coaching Coaching.net. An honor to have you here. Um, we have a very I'm I'm, I'm thrilled actually um, for this episode and the conversation that will be taking place. Um, an honor to have you here. Um, know that we are praying for you, and we pray that this is a blessing for you. Um, before we get into our conversation today, uh, just a little housekeeping for you. Uh, a couple of our sponsors uh, that help to keep us on the air here. Encourage you to, to visit them to patronize their work. One is Catholic Casts. Um, that's Catholic with one C in the middle. CatholicCasts.com is a cloud of recordings with over two. Um, decades of Catholic conferences. They can't be found anywhere else in the world. Um, I've been featured on there and any other very solid Catholic um, speakers and presenters. Uh, you're going to be enriched. So it's a very low cost of $9.95 a month and helps you to develop the gift of yourself and discover the practical ways to live out the will of God in your life. And the other one is Voyage Comics. And there's lots of media out there, but a lot of it's subpar. And I love comic books. I used to grow up reading a lot of comic books. Um, but um, here you're digging into virtue. You're digging into amazing stories. They're rooted firmly in the Catholic faith. And there are any other uh, stories that are very engaged that anyone can pick up and enjoy. And if you click the link at the bottom of this, um, you're going to find uh, find a way to get into these awesome stories and also be able to support this work and this mission. As I mentioned at the top of our uh, the, the, the recording here, um, Freedom Coaching. It's a one-to-one -one mentor system that's designed to break the power of pornified images, unchaste behavior in both men and women through a, to do that permanently through a transformation of mind, heart, and vision. So don't just quit, be transformed, break the power of porn. And also, um, Freedom Coaching has a foundation, the Freedom Coaching Foundation Incorporated. Um, this is our nonprofit. It's a 501c3. That means it's tax deductible. We need your help with these reaches, with allowing for scholarships, for, uh, for clients who come to us who are in a financial need, and also for other projects so we can continue to develop a mission and get this word out. So if God is putting your, on your heart to disrupt the supply chain of the pornified culture, then we really would encourage you to become part of our supply chain. And if you go to our website, again, freedom-coaching.net, click on help us grow. You'll find all the information on there, how to donate. We are truly grateful. And I encourage you also to like, to click the bell if you got one, to subscribe to this podcast and share this. So we get the word out about these very important topics. And just, uh, I was in contact with uh, one of my contacts. He's a deacon in the church. And um, he shared with me in a very kind that um, this podcast has encouraged him, has impacted his own preaching. He's been bringing it to the pulpit. So whatever little way, uh, whatever little thing we can bring to the church, 
through this work. Um, we're honored and humbled to do this work. Now, life is all relationships. If you haven't figured that out yet, well, here's your clue, right? So sometimes we have trouble navigating these relationships and we live in a pornified culture causing a tremendous amount of confusion surrounding dating, relationships, marriage, and sexuality. So I wanted to call in some, uh, some resources on this and I wanna introduce you on our podcast to Dom and Cass uh, Mann. Um, they are the founders of the Serpent. They've become friends of mine. Um, and they uh, have a nonprofit, uh, this nonprofit uh, work, uh, Stop the Serpent, is a ministry that's designed to inspire people to follow God's divine plan of living life in a very secular world. We like to say not Christian, a post-Christian world. So this has never been easy following God's plan, but it's always been and always will be worth it. So the challenges we follow uh, or we, we face in trying to honor God's path, they can be, it can be incredibly difficult, especially when we encounter pressures in the world, especially from our own loved ones where they are urging us to follow worldly ways. And so um, how do we navigate? How do we make it through that? Well, I'm gonna call on our guests here to help to bring some answers and clarity. Dom and Cass, man, welcome to the Redeem Vision Podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having us. An honor, an honor. And Cass, how are you doing today? Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, welcome to this. We um, we got to meet for the first time in person at the National Catholic Singles Conference that was uh, toward the uh, end of August in, uh, near Detroit. Um, truly a beautiful, uh, beautiful honor to meet both of you. Uh, Dom, we had known you. Uh, through being a former client of ours, giving a beautiful testimony. If any of you are uh, after this podcast, head to the just our the front of our website. You can check out Dom's testimony, which is beautiful. Um, and then also seeing the two of you interact. Um, it was a dance. It was a beautiful dance to see that, to see the witness come up. So uh, grace and beauty and power uh, all united there. Um, thank you for your witness. And so I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited to dig into today. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to go back and, and, and obviously as for any, any of those who have followed, um, the work that we do here on the Redeem Vision podcast, don't stay on the surface. We want to go deep on this. So I'd like you to go back to kind of individually and we'll, we'll stay with the fairer sex here and we'll start with you, Cass. Um, talk about if you would go deep into uh, or uh, go to just growing up. What was life like growing up in your house? What was the image, the, the vision of, of relationships in your family? Um, what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I am a cradle Catholic and um, every single Sunday we would go to mass, but it was just a Sunday kind of faith. Um, it was never really a deep relationship. Um, it was just, you stand here, you sit here, you pray this, and you do this to be a good Catholic. But it was never a one-on-one -on -one relationship that I thought that I had with God. Um, my family got divorced when I was really when I was really young. So we moved to around a lot when I was little, but we always went to church. Eventually, my mom met my stepdad who I call my dad. Um, he's absolutely amazing. Um, and he was also Catholic. So growing up, we would always go to church and he would teach us a lot about our faith. So it wasn't until I was in high school that I was involved in a young adult group um, or really a high school group called Life Team. 
And that really, really deepened my faith. I was surrounded by kids my age that shared my values and um, that were just normal people that we all had something in common, which was really, really great. Um, there was no relationships with, for me in high school. Um, I was always someone that uh, said that I don't need a man, that I am just gonna be <laughs> a rich aunt and a businesswoman. And um, a, re a relationship was just something that wasn't in the cards for me. Um, and then eventually uh, the longing for a relationship just got stronger and stronger. Uh, and I would pray like, God, please give me a boyfriend. Um, and eventually that just kind of formed into God, please put me on the path that you want me to be on. And then <laughs> I decided to download Tinder. I was in a really low spot, which is where I uh, saw Dom and I uh, rescheduled my first <laughs> Uh, so it's an interesting story, but um, that's kind of the condensed version of my faith. And since we started dating and as our relationship grew, our faith grew um, exponentially from there. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and, and again, a ton to unpack there. And I'm, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll peel back that onion in just a minute. I want to switch over to, uh, to Dom here. So Dom, same question here. Growing up, what was your what was your experience of uh, of life with re with relationships with marriage with family what what did that look like for you mm -hmm. yeah so i was also a cradle catholic and uh, it was pretty much the standard kind of catholic view of what marriage looked like but then uh yeah i don't know i didn't have any relationships similar to her story where it was like Man, I really wanted that. Not really know, not really knowing what exactly I was really longing for or what I was trying to get. But I definitely always imagined myself like I definitely am getting gonna get married. I'm definitely want to be in some sort of relationship. But nothing really clicked, and there was you know too many people willing to sacrifice their standards or their values and morals to. Um, be in a relationship and then eventually you kind of just see them crumble and fall over time uh, so it was definitely i, I had a high uh, high standards and high view of what a relationship is supposed to look like uh, which probably caused me to uh, not be in one until ours okay okay and and i want to um I want to put a humble challenge out here. You both mentioned, you, you both use the phrase, we weren't in relationships. Well, maybe you weren't in romantic relationships, but I'm sure there were relationships along the line helped you navigate from singlehood to the married state. So in that, I, I, I get what you're saying here. So, and you've been, and how long for so our, our, all of our, um, uh, all of our listeners here, how long have you been, um, how long have you been married? Three, three months? Yeah, three months. Three months. Three months. July, okay, so they're Congratulations. Very, very congratulations on that. And actually, I like to, I should have opened up our podcast on this. How would you describe the grace of the sacrament? Mm -hmm. You can go first. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, definitely, definitely worth the wait. If you're doing, if you're doing it right, dating and the engagement period is the worst thing ever. <laughs> You're just longing to get married. And so you have like all the stresses of 
you know, wedding planning and all of that stuff. And none of the benefits of actually being one together until you are married. And so now that we are, it's like little things that people just, you know, look over. We just, I'm so grateful for, you know, to be able to wake up next to you and just to eat breakfast in the morning, little things, but it's just so amazing being married now. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Dom, what do you say? Yeah. I, I say that you cannot truly understand it until like you're all in. So, you know, I always use the financial example of I could ask her when we were dating and engage, like, should I be buying this? Should we make this type of investment? Like those types of uh, basically just getting advice and what she thought about it. But then it's totally different once you're on the other side of marriage to make that, de that decision together and to have those joint bank accounts, to have everything combined so that it is truly a joint decision uh, versus this kind of like, I'm asking a friend for advice on, should I spend this money? Is this a smart idea uh, type of way of viewing it? So I, you, I guess I'd say that you can't actually know what it's truly like until you're all in. Uh, and I think that's also kind of like the beauty of of marriage too is, you know, now, now you're in it and you're all in. There's, there's no one foot out, one foot in. It's yeah. all in on everything. All in. I think that is a great, um, that's a great synopsis of the sacrament of marriage. And thank you both for, for that witness, which is really good. So um, from, from your background, right? Growing up, think that obviously Cass, you have a, a background of divorce here. Um, we like to say, here at the Redeem Vision podcast is oftentimes our wounds, the hurts, the mistakes that we go to that often drive us into our missions, what we do, where God is leading us to. Um, Dom, you obviously um, became a, a, a client of ours. Your background, you've gone public with your testimony involving, involving pornography. Can you share just a, a little vision of what what that life like was like, what, what, what brought upon the brought upon pornography? Where did that, where did that stem from for you? How would you describe that? So how I even got involved, I, it's kind of hard to pinpoint the exact spot, mm -hmm. but I mean, just as I'm, I just turned 23. So the internet was definitely a thing uh, and very prominent thing as I was uh, growing up, uh, even before I turned 10. So I don't, it was somewhere in that, like almost turning 10 uh, years old age where uh, I kind of just got curious, didn't really know what was happening. And then you can, if you have the internet you can stumble upon whatever you want to stumble upon. And uh, that kind of, you know, spiraled from there, whether it was inspired from something like a magazine that I saw uh, at a grocery store or in, in a house or wherever it was. <clears throat> but then that obviously those ones weren't as explicit. And then you dive in on the internet, start looking at stuff, start clicking on links. And then you're, you know, you're at the most explicit stuff that you could pretty much access by just clicking around a little bit. 
So, and, and I think it's important what you stated there. Let's go a little, I want to go a little deeper. What, what do you, for yourself, the experience, Dom, what would you say was the, what was the emotional draw for you? Hmm. I, I don't really, it was just such a strong pull. It was like, as soon as you stumbled upon it, you couldn't just, just walk away then. It was like, okay, now this thing kind of latches onto you uh, and you go back and you're like, okay, let's keep looking at this. Or, you know, at, at first it felt bad and, and very wrong. And obviously that guilt and shame stays there, but like the more it happens and the more you do it, the harder it is, the deeper and harder that thing latches to you. So the emotional draw, I'm, I'm not quite sure at such a young age towards like teenage years, I'd say it was more of a like longing for the, uh, a romantic relationship. But at the younger age, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It was just, it kind of attracted me and then latched hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like to use the language of, of venom from Spider-Man, the symbiote getting attached to our soul. And we're not sure how do we get, how do we get rid of this right in, in ways? And, and as I like to, as we share with clients in our work, um, if, if you remember the, the classic, uh, I'm saying this maybe tongue in cheek, Spider-Man 3, probably the least, uh, least favorite of all the Spider-Man movies that have come out. Um, but there's a key, key element, a key uh, moment in that film where, um, where Spider-Man, Peter Parker discovers loud noises are not a fan. He are not a fan of venom, and so he locks, uh, surrounds him with uh, with bars, and he takes two other bars and he begins to bang the bars so much so that the symbiote is forced to separate from another guy called uh, Eddie Brock. So, um, and we're going to get into get in how you banged the bars, how that you were able to break free. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to switch over here to Cass, and and this is going to be kind of an interesting topic. And the fact that not many people are are aware in the fact that uh, the issue of pornography is not just a male one, all right? It's also female. Uh, an increasing number of, uh, of uh, females are getting involved with this. And and Cass, this is a part of your story. And so I'm gonna I want to give you the, the leverage to 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 share your story regarding regarding pornography. Yeah. So I again I can't pinpoint exactly where it started. And um, I would say probably from when I was around 10 years old, uh, I just kind of stumbled upon masturbation. I had never searched for the word porn before. Mm -hmm. um, and I still have never searched for that, but it didn't mean that I wasn't looking for it just because I didn't search that on my keyboard. Um, it started off with masturbation and uh, it was kind of like a, an addiction. It was an addiction. Um, it just felt good. So I just kept doing it. It was very, very shameful. And um, I never wanted anybody to find out about it. Uh, I definitely thought that I was the only one that has ever done this, um, especially being a girl and at a young age. Um, and it was a daily thing um, that... I had struggled with up until we started dating. I had wanted to stop, but I just couldn't, no matter how hard I tried. 
Um, and it made it especially difficult because I didn't have anybody to talk to it. Um, I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So for you, what is emotional attraction? Because, because again, oftentimes when we're, when we're talking and, and why we're, why we're hitting on that, especially for those who are, are, are watching and listening to this, oftentimes the, the idea, especially for a lot of women is uh, pornography is just dirty pictures, right? That's the, that's the idea that that's communicated for, for a lot. And really there's an emotional attachment that's under it. And that was one of the reasons asking, asking Dominic, it's obviously a, a, a different experience or typically for women, it's a typical, it's a, it's a different experience. So emotionally, what, what apparent need was pornography filling or space was that filling for you or trying to fill? Yeah, I think I was just lying to myself saying that I didn't want a relationship. And in that it was like, well, I do want one. And this is how I feel it because I don't have a relationship at a young age. Um, yeah, that's what I would say that it was filling um, is the want for a relationship, but not knowing exactly what that was. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. So obviously as this develops, I mean, was it just um, for, for you, uh, Cass, and then Dom will we'll pick on you. Um, what was it that, that helped you break it out of it? I mean, it was just the, it was a Dom's pretty face. You're like, okay, I'm done with this and moving on. Um, <laughs> what, what, what would you, what would you say that was for you? How, or how would you describe that experience? Well, early on in our relationship, um, I just remember we would, let me think. I can't remember. When did it start? I think you had brought up, we were having like a deep conversation and um, it was something that he had said, or I had asked a question. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. I had asked You're a question <laughs> um, that was like, we were making out and kissing a lot, but anyways, it's like, well, why can't you just stop? And then that he had a push on him to like, want to tell me about going into freedom coaching, but not wanting to admit that just yet early on in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was the next date or something along the lines, very soon after that, um, he had told me that he had been struggling with porn and he was doing freedom coaching and um that he knows that watching porn is cheating in a relationship and i'd also heard that too and i believed that and i didn't tell him that i was also struggling with this um but then i was thinking to myself no i would never cheat on him and if he it can do this so can i and we were just each other's accountability partners and really, really taking it seriously and making it a priority to check up on each other and make sure that we're not doing anything that's tempting or if we are, um, like, like setting up, setting up boundaries, yeah, boundaries and making that's... sure that, uh, <laughs> yeah, making sure that things don't go to a point where then when we're not in the same place that we're then tempted and want to go down that path. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So, so let me let me let me ask this. And again, Dom, I'm going to pen you in just a second. So hold hold tight there. What was it that moved you from that behavior? That saying, "I'm I'm I'm done with this. I'm moving on my life." What what, what would you, how would you describe that? 
it was really something in my heart that was saying like, this is wrong and it needs to stop. And I've been wanting to stop for so long. If I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Like it starts now. And um, because I was really, really serious about our relationship um, and I didn't want to do anything to hurt you, I, you know, just put an end to it like right then and there. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, um, and obviously this is, a, I think a total grace, a, a total grace that was given to you to be able to do that, which is beautiful. That's not the experience of a lot of people. It's not to discount anything you said. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously I want to, I'm going to, I want to turn it over to, to Dom here. Obviously Dom, you had a different experience, your different, different journey. Can you share your journey moving from having this attachment to freedom? What is it? What would that look? What did that look like for you? Mm-hmm. It's a long journey. I think it was over a decade long journey. And so started off very shameful and hidden. Uh, but then as you get into high school, it was like, hmm, this seems like a very normal thing. And if you didn't do it, if you didn't watch porn or masturbate, you're actually kind of looked at as like, what is wrong with you? Specifically talking about like, you know, sitting at the guy's table and, and being, you know, cracking jokes and, and just having regular conversations that, yeah, if you did not look at it or watch it, or, you know, you weren't somehow involved in the whole situation, then you were actually kind of looked at as weird. And now there, there was like basically nobody that didn't look at it. So it technically you were an outlier there. So, you know, I started off very shameful and hidden and then moved into like this very normal thing for high schoolers uh, specifically talking about like just the guys group and it being very open. People would send links to each other and talk about it. And I mean, they'd even pull it up uh, at just like really weird times, which would just, I don't know, it kind of threw me off that they would be that open uh, with the whole thing. And then Uh, So a longing started to form towards the end of high school and like, man, I, I really want to get, get rid of this. And there was something tugging at my heart that was like, man, like you need to get out of it. And I, it would go like kind of up and down like, yeah, I really need to get out of this. Let's, let's like stop right now and try to just cold Turkey it just be done. And then you'd fall back in and be like, okay, wow. Okay, maybe maybe I'll try again another time or something. Or there'd be people in school that, you know, November comes around and they talk about, mm. you know, the no shave November, but they also talk about the the other thing during November where you stop you stop it completely and try to make it the whole month. No fab November. <laughs> exactly. And so they'd use different words, but uh, they would it, it really shook me that people would try and then a, a couple days in maybe a week in they'd be like dude i could not i couldn't handle it like i this mm-hmm. and just seeing how how impactful it is not only in my life but in theirs was kind of crazy so this longing started to form uh, and I, I wanted to get out of it and i always would confess it to whichever priest i would go to for confession and when i told told like the table about confessing that they were blown away at the fact that I would even mention that, which was also another like 
boom, you have to get out of it. Like these is another like little tug of they're not even confessing it in there. Like you're getting closer. You're, you're kind of on the right path. And uh, so confessing it, wanting to get out of it. And so that kept happening for, for years and years. And, and then I, uh, I'm in college and of course it's a totally normal thing there too. And I reach out to a local priest and I'm just trying to talk to him about it. I meet with him a little bit, which eventually formed into doing spiritual direction with him. But I was just talking to him about it and wanting to get out of it. And he gave me your card. He gave me freedom coachings card and uh, he's given it to a few different people. Uh, he was like, I think this is a really good program. I think it'd be up your alley, you know, take a look at it, see what you want to do. And uh, we could just keep talking about it. And so I took the card home and I went to the website, looked around and I stopped at the form because this was still a very hidden thing. So I did not want to put any of my real information in there or like really any details. I kind of just wanted to ship a form out to freedom coaching and be like anonymous in Ohio needs help. And uh, <laughs> like somehow coach me through it without giving any of my personal stuff. Uh, and then I got, I don't know. I think I submitted the form with very little details. And then you called me with a 216 number, which is the Cleveland phone yep. number. And so I'm like, huh, who is this guy? And so I answer it. And the only thing that I could really remember from it is that you told me that you can't, like, you're not just going to get rid of it. You need to kill it. And so the fact that you used that language and you were very confident on the phone was like, man, that planted a seed. Uh, and I ended up just throwing out the business card and like, I don't know if this thing's for me. Like, this is too crazy. I mean, I'm getting myself in over my head. Uh, and I don't know. I try, I was like, I'm going to try this again by myself. Like, I'm going to do this by myself. I don't need this program. I don't need anybody else's help. I could just lock in, focus in, and get rid of it. That turned out not to work at all. And then I went to the website or called you back or whatever well, I did. Well, well, hold on. Before you go, what, what was the linchpin? And they're like, okay, I'm done. I, what, what, what was it like? Okay, I'm done. I mean, what, 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 was there a pity? What, what, how did you describe that? I just, I've been trying for so long. And then this priest is talking to me. He gives me the card and I'm close to doing the program, but then I'm like, no, I could do it again. I like, I could do it myself, whatever. And I think I just realized that I've been trying to do that for 10 years. So we need to switch something up. And if this priest knows anything about what he's talking about or about this program, is better than what I've got going on. So I could at least give it a shot. And I think it, I think it was when I met, uh, I'm, hmm. I think it was when I met Chris Ricketts, that one of the coaches and that was the final, like, okay, I could, I could let my guards down. He's cool. We're not all just weirdos hopping on these calls and trying to get rid of this porn thing, like just normal people. And I think that was the, the final thing of like, okay, 
I can let the barriers down. I can let these people in, let them do their work and help actually transform and give me the freedom versus my own personal struggle of trying to do it for 10 years and never being able to make it out. And it worked. Praise, praise the Lord. On, uh, and obviously both for both of you, different journeys, but getting to a place of, of transformation, which is beautiful. So what, what emotionally, and, and this is for both of you to open up for this. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to the grace of God for us connecting in, in, in the past, but also right now, how would you say, what has been the difference emotionally from being involved in pornography to that life is, is no longer a part of our life? What's been the difference? How would you describe that? I can go first. Emotionally, I, everything changes. Uh, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is all the dopamine levels leveling out and evening out. <clears throat> so things that I would take for granted and just would overlook completely, whether it's a super beautiful sunset or sunrise or just something in nature that's like, wow, that is, uh, how is that even possible? And God didn't have to do it that way. He could have just, you know, made things do their thing. He didn't have to make them beautiful or unique or, or any of that, uh, but he did. And so to be able to take in stuff from the outside and not overlook it because the dopamine was, you had to do so much to get those dopamine levels. Now those dopamine levels are caused by you know, it's raining and it, and it just feels good being outside. And then also interacting with people. It's way different on the other side, trying to and describe that, describe that. What is it? What is it? What is that like? It's just awesome. I'm interacting with people before and after is a completely different experience. You, you know, even if it's, people that you're not attracted to, it's, you get a different type of feeling because I don't really, I'm not quite sure. It's totally different and it's hard to describe, but I remember I was in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru and I just saw this little kid and uh, her parents through, through the windows as I was going through the drive-thru. And then this little kid like pushes her face up against the window and like smiles and waves at me. And just <laughs> something like that would never be able to be taken in and be that impactful without the redeemed vision and without being free. Mm, that's beautiful. You're, you are, um, you're coming, coming alive and seeing the little, the little glimpses of grace there through this little child. I love it. I love it. Cass, what, what, how has that shifted emotionally? What from from prior use pornography now not this is not on the on the on the um, it's not not happening at all. What's the difference emotionally for you? I don't have any shame anymore, um, and it's not like a hidden thing. It's like I'm a, a weight is lifted off my shoulders. Like I don't have to worry about that anymore. At the beginning, it was really really hard. And now that I'm completely out of it, it's just like I can breathe again and I don't have to worry about it. And now that I'm, um, you know, completely free from it, I look at social media and music and movies and I look back and 
movies that I watched before with my friends and we would joke about it, you don't realize how like messed up and like engraved it is in culture. Um, the Just how pornified everything is. Um, and just being able to look back and see that it's completely changed um, the things that I take in and um, how I speak, the things that I listen to um, and just how I interact with people. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Praise God. And, and, and obviously the change, it's worth it. It really, really is. So again, to all of us who are, are struggling again, and it may just be cold turkey, able to, 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 to nix it, that's possible and God can do that. But if you need help, this is freedom-coaching.net can help. We encourage you to check, check this out. So I want to ask, I want to ask a gentle, but very intimate, intimate, uh, intimate question. Um, again, from the emotional, emotional side, right? The, the, one of the ways pornography is described for, for some people is that it makes you into a better lover. It, uh, it's, totally fulfilling it is uh it's fulfilling all wildest fantasies and it's a lie right it's, it's a it's a counterfeit there and and again i we don't need obviously details here looking at emotional level how would you say your experience what was the experience of pornography how did that color your view of the marriage act to now being a young couple married in love able and and, and entering into this Right. And again, I don't need details emotionally between the two of you. What what does that look like? How, how would you describe that? Mm-hmm. You want me to go? Sure. Okay. <laughs> the biggest thing would be a, it's a true gift of self. It's 100% yourself and giving it over without having those fantasies, without having those images and those things clouding your brain and you know i'm sure a lot of people are using their spouse as basically like a sex toy where they're just thinking of these porn images that they have in their brain and using their body versus actually coming together in the marital act and truly giving themselves as a gift and the biggest thing that blew my mind uh, which I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really know that much about natural family planning until mm. I did a ton of research and started reading Christopher West and looking into a bunch of different things and asking a ton of questions. And so I was sitting down with that priest that gave me the freedom coaching card and uh, he gave me like a sins list to look over. And one of them was, uh, it was in the section with like sexual sins and it was withdrawal. And I thought to myself, like, I think I know what this is talking about, but just to clarify, you're like, you're telling me that's a sin. And like, I did not understand it at all. And then, yeah, I was like, I have to do research on this. That's, that must be why all these Catholic families have like 12 billion kids. And like, I, I don't know what's going it's on. It's 11 billion. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to even, yeah, like plan your family out and do all this stuff? So I was like, okay, I'm, I need to do a ton of research. Uh, and I did. I read Christopher West, listened to a bunch of the podcasts, did a ton of research. And then learning the actual reasons behind that and that there's a better way to do it, natural family planning, 
uh, was the biggest thing in learning what the real marital act looks like. Beautiful, beautiful cast for you. What was I would show? say <laughs> that, um, the first time that you hear of like sex, um, it's probably from your friends at school or something along the lines of that. At least that was the case for me. And it can't be any further from what sex is intended for. Um, because porn is just so terrible. Like there is not a single speck of goodness about it. Um, it completely twists people's minds into thinking that it's something that's dirty and um, it's just bad. And the Catholic Church, I think that they can do a much better job of, you know, telling people that it's a gift from God and it's, you know, God made sex. And that's just, to think about it for a moment, is he didn't have to make it that way. Um, it didn't have to be, you know, pleasurable. It didn't have to be any of these things, but he did. Um, and he made it beautiful for a reason um, because it's a glimpse of heaven. And uh, the way that society makes it out to be is it couldn't be any further from the truth. Yeah, beautiful. And so, and I'm, I'm going to push here a little bit. So emotional, it's for you personally, and, and what you gave it, beautiful, beautiful image of, I'm sorry, I gotta put myself on the screen there, a beautiful um, image of obviously what the church brings, but but moving down here, emotion, what, was the, what was the shift for you? Now, obviously entering into, I'm with my husband, we are one flesh. What 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 is the difference emotionally for you compared to previous experiences with pornography? I don't know. Is there, is there a difference? I think it's just the, I had never been intimate with anybody before. Dom was my first kiss. So um, mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. just, I am sharing this with him and only him yeah. until death do us part. Like this is just something that is shared between us. And it's so special that um, it's, just really really beautiful and incredibly intimate and it's just like we're soul bonded and connected um like a piece of myself is with him always mm -hmm. yeah. and i think specifically emotionally it's the fact that there is there's not really emotion with porn is it yeah. you know you're taking away you know there's you can do whatever you want with the porn. There's no yes, no, there, there's no sort of consent or anything. And you really use it whenever you want for whatever you want. And then when it comes to a relationship, you have to think of the, of the other person and truly, you know, give yourself as a gift. And then that causes you to emotionally connect and to, think of their emotions and to think of what's going on and there's a lot more things involved because it's bringing the whole person than just all right now's the time i'll go get my phone whatever i'm watching it on and use it right there yeah no it's good and uh be beautifully stated here right and it's 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 the the easiest way i like to describe is it is worlds apart 
right? It, it appears to be because there's there's a let's uh, in some forms of pornography, a man and a woman together. They are in some state of undress here, but chemically, biologically, emotionally, relationally, it is worlds apart, right? And 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 the simplest way we like to say is the marital act is so intimate, it is too intimate to ever be viewed. It is only meant to be participated in by a loving husband and wife who are committed to the whole of marriage, the whole of the relationship, the whole of each other, right? And 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 right here is a beautiful image of that. So thank you for thank you for going there, for being able to 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 describe what is in a certain sense indescribable in a certain sense because it's it is it is beyond words. It is it's an expression of of the self, but I think it's communicated very well here. So what I want to do is I want to shift gears uh, from 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 here. And you have uh, actually I'm going to pick on Dom. You've got something written here. I'll go to go to full screen on y'all right now. You've got in the background there something called DM Productions. What <laughs> the heck is what the heck is that all about? For sure. So that's the Catholic video production company that I own and. Yeah, we aim to amplify Catholic influence through elite videos. Uh, we've got a a course coming out that's our gift for the new evangelization. It's free, okay. and uh, we want to make sure that all Catholic organizations, whether you have uh, a ton of money or no budget at all to spend on media, at least you can watch this course, step up your internet presence and your social media game to, you know, to compete with everybody else that's on the internet. Cause you know, a lot of Catholic stuff just aims for function and just function is, is good enough, but we want to make sure that visuals and the different graphics and uh, making it more than just a little functional uh, is, is the goal. And to be able to give that to anybody that needs to, uh, so that they can attract more people to the faith, to, to their ministry and to their organization. Well, and because and Dom, what you're talking about is form and function, right? Function and form, right? There's a, there's a, obviously there's a the language masculinity and femininity. Yes, men, we are beautiful in our own masculine way, but I'm sorry, uh, between you and your wife, I'm sorry, you don't hold a, hold a candle beauty in a very <laughs> real sense. No offense, Dom. So in this here, right? Your um, but but I think it's it's critically important. It's it's beauty that evangelizes. It is beauty. Like nobody says about a um a sunset. Okay, you can turn that off now. I'm done. No, no, we're we're raptured. I want I want more of this. I can stay here forever, right? I'm not. My eyeballs aren't burning out, right? I'm able to take in something here, and I kind of want to consume that sunset because it's something that's glorious here. So. The fact that you are doing a great, great service to allow to educate, because many, in many cases, they have the education here, and and truth is beautiful. How are we communicating that um, that message to a world that, in many cases, the written word is being lost? So how can we draw them in through the visible, right? And when we see a beautiful person, right? I'm enraptured. I want to get to know more than that. So I want to get to know more of them. So the person that we we know more, we want to love. And the person that we love, we want to know more. And how does that come through? For a lot of us, it's through our senses. And this is the one of the beauties of Catholicism is sensory, sacramental, entering into the beyond the, the, the invisible makes visible 
uh, what is uh, the, the physical, like the visible is made visible, the invisible is made visible through the physical. There you go. The invisible is made visible through the physical. Let's say that again, right? And so I think you are helping do that um, using the modern means of communication. And this is what the church is calling us to. So thank you. God bless, especially for uh, all the ugly websites out there. Let's upgrade those and bring beauty in there. So with that said, um, flipping around, the other one you're involved with, uh, and again, you maybe maybe it's directly connected, maybe it's separate, um, is Stop the Serpent. Um, I love this as, as, a, as a, a man who likes to go to battle, at least I talk a good game, but knowing we have to go to war, what is that all about? And I, I don't know, if you want to take the lead on this conversation, because I know the two of you are going into work on this. What is Stomp the Serpent? I think .com. What is that all about? Yeah, so we started Stomp the Serpent before we got married. Um, Dom had met the, um, the director of the National Catholic Singles Conference. And... Um, in one way or another, I don't exactly know how, um, we were uh, asked to do a talk and we didn't want to look like noobs and we wanted um, to, uh, we had always talked about wanting to start a ministry. We didn't know exactly how it would look like, um, but we just then and there decided this is what it's going to be. So we created Stomp the Serpent and it's a Catholic ministry that aims to um, bring more people into the Catholic Church, um, knowing that there's it uses technology. Um, and so since there are so many accounts that, um, you know, are spreading falseness about, you know, pretty much everything, we wanted to spread um, the truth about the Catholic Church. And you see all of these new, um, you know, non-denominational churches, and they have like full-blown concerts <laughs> in their church. Um, we wanted people to, um, if they have a preconceived notion about the Catholic Church, that it's boring and traditional and old school, but it's really anything but that. And we want to spread that message to as many people as we can and bring more people into the Catholic church through that way. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Dom, do you have anything to add there? No, she, she, she got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I did take a peek at the website. It was, it's beautifully done. I'm excited to see how, uh, how you uh, develop this work and getting the workout. And I think that that course there is going to be really important. Do you have a name for that course that you mentioned? Yeah, so we're going to be doing a few. The first one's going to be Catholic Social Media Makeover, uh, which will be out relatively soon within the next few weeks. And then we're doing some about uh, short form content so that they can make their own short form content. I mean, you see everybody posting these little clips online. How do we get it for our organization? And then we'll eventually do the website refresh one. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I'm going to have to take a look at, at it. So please um, keep me apprised of it. Send me the links of it. We'll get it promoted on our own channels um, because any which way we can bring more beauty into the world, um, it is critically needed. As, as Dostoevsky, uh, the Russian author, has said, uh, it is beauty that will save the world. And most importantly, the two of you, thank you for being a beautiful witness um, to the redemption in Jesus Christ and now bringing this into your marriage. It is 
awesome. So any, uh, any final, uh, before we move on to our, well, actually, heck, we'll move on here and I'll give you final final statement from, from here. I wanna move on to what we call the 12. Um, so these are, um, these are uh, 12 questions that have seemingly, but everything to do with what we just talked about. They're light, they're fluffy. Um, don't overthink them. It's kind of top of your top of your head, top of your head responses. So, uh, Dom and Cass, are you ready for the twelve? <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number one. It's one of my. This is my one of my favorite parts of this. All right. Um, number one. Uh, what was your first dance song title at your reception? Our first dance that we did as a couple. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. always been you by. I don't know the name. It was in his love playlist and when we were dating and I was like, oh, that's going to be our wedding song. So, yeah. Awesome. What, wait, what's it called? Dom, what's the name? I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been you. I, it's not a whole lot of people know the song, but it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> okay. I'll have to look it up. I'm always in for finding new music. This is good. Um, number two, um, who is most likely to do the dishes? Mm. Probably you. <laughs> Yeah, probably me because I just want them done. We don't have a dishwasher. So if it gets clogged up, it's way worse to have to do them when there's a ton of them in the sink. Yeah, I'm more of I'll get it later. For, uh, true correction, um, you do have a dishwasher. His name is Dom. So, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I, like I dry. Whole life. <laughs> hey, that's very important. Really, really important. And I, I here's a life hack. One thing I learned for for you and for anyone listening to this who, who's interested, um, get the dishes done at night, and um, and then the next morning it's like your kitchen's like Eden. It's brand new. There's not the mess. We don't have to worry about mental space. Ended. A little life hack for you. Um, number three, who snores the loudest? You do me but i don't snore that much it's not that bad but i don't snore so <laughs> honest uh number four who's better sing singer singer for sure you <laughs> i would <Good>. say <laughs> number five who's the opposite in the relationship the what the optimist, optimist. Mm. i don't know we're both pretty we're both good. yeah I would say it's okay. kind of even. Good. Number six, who's a better kisser? Dom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Honest. it. He's the leader. Honest. He leads. Honest. Number seven, who's a night owl? Me. Yeah. Okay. There you go. He's out by 10. Gone. <laughs> um, number uh, number eight, who's a better cook? Me. Oh, yeah. For sure her. <laughs> What's your what, what's your top top recipe? Somebody comes to visit. What would you what would you cook? I don't know. Um, my personal favorite. I don't know. I like a good. Hmm. I love Costco and Sam's Club food. Mm. Um, so one of those like meals. Um, my favorite is spinacopita. Just like mm. little appetizers, small little fancy appetizers. I'm I'm yeah. a fan of those. Those are good. Very, very good. Spanakopita, you're making me hungry. I like it. <laughs> um, number nine, who is most likely to ha to apologize first? Hmm. I think it's me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it may be me. It depends what it is. I'd like to think me. 
<laughs> I know you think you. Yeah. So maybe you. The fact that you're not sure who, that's a very good sign, perhaps. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Uh, number 10, if your life, your married life, were as a movie, who would be the actor or actress that would play you? Hmm. That's a hard question. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> play me. Um, I have zero clue. I'll go with the rock. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> the rock. I like it. I like what you're, I can smell what you're cooking. Who would, you go. who would you choose for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We don't I really... have to think about it too. Yeah. I can't be I'll let you, by I'll... anybody else but myself. There, oh, there you go. I'm going to be in the movie with a rock, so I get it. Okay, good. No jealousy there. Okay, number number 11. Um, as a couple, what is your bucket list city or country? Mm. The Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Pray for the Holy Land right now, obviously. Uh, and number 12, if I get married in the Catholic Church. Why mm. get married in, in the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. Why not? That's the only way. <laughs> That's a great, great response. Anything you want to add, Don? I don't. I mean, what are we comparing it to? Like, why get married in general? No, just in the Catholic Church, because you have lots of options. I could go to I could go to uh, to Vegas and get a uh, a an Elvis impersonator. Why Why the Catholic Church? <laughs> because it's the true sacrament, and you're taking it seriously. And to do it with all of your friends and family around you is just. You know, so beautiful that you're um, publicly like professing the vows in front of everybody that you know and love. Mm-hmm. But you're also just you're spiritually united when you're up on that altar. So, like the other ones, it's just kind of the other ones are more of like a contract, I guess, versus an actual sacrament. And uh, yeah, I'd say that it's like contract versus being in an actual sacrament and an unbreakable bond. Yeah, and another way to put it, uh, a cunt is change of of goods. A sacrament is an example of a covenant, the exchange of persons. And mm-hmm. with my body, I do worship, and it is an, an, uh, a lifelong act of worship. Good times, bad sickness, health, entering into. And you two are on your way. It is it has started. I am honored to uh, to share this gift to be able to share the gift of you of both you. Uh, with the world on the podcast here. So any final uh, parting parting thoughts here before we uh, we bid adieu for a time? I'd just say if anybody's on the fence for freedom coaching, look into it, schedule a call, whatever you got to do, because it has definitely changed my life. And uh, as like a, uh, you know, it's also changed her life and the fact that I was able to become the person that I needed to be so don't be don't feel weird about it don't think that there's some sort of like creepy people doing these zoom calls that will coach you through this thing the stuff that they do works and the coaches are really cool approachable and uh yeah just i just just at least get on a call with them to to feel it out and i promise that you're going to get way more than you ever thought just by kind of just, just go a little bit in that direction and then God will pull you the rest of the way.
Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and Cass, anything else to, as, as an ending point for our conversation? I would say, um, you know, if you're a woman watching this, that you aren't alone. Um, there are tons of, um, of women that struggle with this and, um, it's okay to get help from it. Um, and freedom coaching is by far the best thing that I've ever heard of to, um, to get you out of that addiction. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to receive this from both of you. I'm, I, I'm especially honored to see the fruit what has been learned from this, from Dom, from your yes, and then obviously your mutual yes in the sacrament of marriage. So praise God for his healing, for his mercy, um, and love not easy, but um, but we know that God is with us. So praise God for that. Um, hang on the line. We'll we'll talk after we're done here. Um, but I want to thank uh, thank for Dom and Cass for being with us on the Redeem Vision podcast. I want to thank you for for being here. Please again click the bell, spread the word here if it your heart to support us financially. Uh, we certainly can use your gifts there. Um, and, rem and may everything we do give glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be unto ages of ages. Amen. Remember, nothing is wasted, and everything is redeemable. So next, I'm Steve Picorni, and this is the Freedom Coaching Podcast. God bless. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Movie.